and welcome to episode eight of this Shared Ownership Thing podcast. We bring out a new episode with different guests to talk about all things home, including useful tips and advice around home buying, selling or staircasing, sharing our amazing customer stories and debunking common misconceptions of shared ownership. For the benefit of any new listeners, shared ownership is when you buy a share of a home and you pay rent on the share that you don't yet own. If you're able to do so, you can go on to purchase more shares of the home. This is referred to as staircasing until, if able to, you can purchase the whole 100% of the home. With shared ownership, deposits can be as low as 5% of the share that you purchase, and this makes it a more affordable option for many people. I'm Cheryl, a marketing officer at Asta Sales, and today I'm joined by Ollie, a new home sales manager at On The Market. In today's episode, Ollie will be sharing some insightful content surrounding market trends, important factors to include when selling your home, and much more. On the Market is a property search portal that launched in 2015, and they launch thousands of new properties monthly. For more information, head over to onthemarket.com. Okay, let's get started. So to meet the guest, we have a few quick-fire questions for our listeners to get to know you. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's go. Okay, number one. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Quite an easy one for me. Professional footballer. Okay, perfect. Mm. Number two. Are you a sweet or savoury person? Um, I'm going to have to say both. I, I like a, something savoury in the morning and something sweet in the afternoon. So, yeah, a bit of both. But I'm... Not, I'm partial to both, so it's absolutely fine. Do you always have to have a dessert? No, I'm not a dessert oh. man generally. Oh, I okay. probably prefer a starter to a dessert. Okay, what's your favorite kind of starter? Just to put you on the spot. Oh, calamari. Oh, yes, Mm-mm. yeah, with Good a nice sort of gar- garlic tartar sauce. Oh, <laughs> number, <laughs> number three. What is your most used emoji on your phone? Do you know what? It's pro- it's probably it's a bit of a boring one, but it's probably the the laughing emoji or or the love emoji. Um, okay. I think in the last couple of months, though, I've been using the golf emoji because I'm a, I'm a keen golfer. I get to yeah. Thursday Thursday night, and I'm I'm raring to go on the golf course. So um, yeah, we've got a golf WhatsApp group and. Um, yeah, we're making the most of this lovely weather at the moment, yeah. so a lot, a lot of golf. <laughs> That's very tame compared to my last guest that explained that theirs was the poo emoji all day, every day. <laughs> and the last question, if you had to only have one item of food forever, what would it be? Controversial, this one. Okay. So when you say an item of food, I would probably say steak. Okay. But if you're saying an item as in, um, could a pizza be in I in knew the you equation? were going to say pizza. <laughs> because it's, it's not an item of food, but it would be my, it would be my go-to. I, I want to eat that for the rest of my life and have nothing else. So, yeah. Okay. So you're going to go steak or pizza? <laughs> I'm going to go pizza if you give me the option. <laughs> okay. All right. Good choice. What's your favourite pizza toppings? Oh, mozzarella, um, basil, um, 
Yeah, do I do like prawns on pizza as well. Do you? Mm. So you don't go like with Domino's, they have the like full meaty thing where you literally have like every piece of meat under the sun on the pizza. No, my lad goes for like the cheeseburger one they do at Domino's. So I don't yeah. even know if it's called cheeseburger, but it tastes like McDonald's on pizza. Um oh. but I actually find that Domino's are a little bit too doughy and a bit so you just feel a little bit sick they're heavy aren't they yeah i think with sourdough and just the other variety of pizzas nowadays oh sourdough yeah there's better options yeah i love one of those like proper um oh what they called like the baked the proper as opposed to like the thick crust yeah stone stone baked stone baked Mm. yeah yeah all day yeah, we've been tempted to get one of these uni um, pizza ovens. I think I'm going to have to bite the bullet and spend a few hundred quid and do it. It's just the hassle of do getting it. the dough prepared and all the other bits. So, Oh, I know, but it'll be so worth it. Yeah, we love our pizza in our house, so yeah. Oh, amazing. Okay. So we should probably move on to the adult questions now, as opposed to talking about pizza. (laughs) So, are you ready? I am indeed. These first few questions are focused more around tips and tricks when selling your home. So the first one is, from a on-the-market perspective, what information should you include when selling a home as this could be really useful for our shared owners that are looking at selling their shared ownership homes yeah okay so so from a listing perspective um i think the main thing that we sort of we ask all of our sort of sellers to include on their listings or whether they're estate agents or new home developers or housing associations is to make sure it's plot specific information um and content that is going to sell your plot um, over sort of any other plots or houses within the area. So um, at the moment, what we have on our, our website is uh, the ability for buyers to create a wish list of things that they most like. Um, and so the m- most common things on that wish list uh, are quite basic terms, so such as garden, parking, garage, off-street parking, large garden, rural, um, outside space, woodland, outbuildings, character property. Um, So, you know, make it plot specific, but also don't don't forget the things that might seem basic to you, but also are a necessity for other people who are potentially looking. The other key one as well at the moment is um, sustainability. So if your house has solar panels, if your but house is more energy efficient. If you've already had a an electrical vehicle char- charger installed, then include those sort of contents because I think you know we're in that space at the moment where energy prices are, are key to everyone's thought process. Yeah, um, the cost of living. So actually, including those sort of um, extras within your house again, things that you might not think are extras because you've had them for a few years can actually be the the selling features for other other buyers out there yeah no that's actually really interesting when you say something that may seem so basic and normal to us like a garden for someone that's maybe going from a flat to a house that are specifically looking for a garden they obviously would be looking for that point so yeah yeah exactly i think the other thing is as well if you have got um a spare room that could be 
um, converted into office space. I think with the way that we've gone into this hybrid working um, world, um, a lot of buyers are looking now to office space. So actually, to include office space in the content is um, is a selling feature for a lot of a lot of potential buyers. Yeah, great shout. Number two, what are the best types of imagery to use when listing a home? Okay, so key things is make sure you've got high quality images to start with. Um, from a, a portal perspective, um, there's nothing worse when you're looking through and you find the right location, you find the house that you think is your dream house and the images are blurred, the pixels don't look right um, or potentially even the sizing's not right on the page, um, straight away that can be off-putting. So <laughs> size is key, um, is always is always you know right thing to, to use in that respect. Um, don't be afraid to lead with a non-internal picture, so uh, an image of a kitchen or a lounge. Um, if, for example, your the exterior of your house may not be eye-catching um it might be uh, a property that perhaps you didn't fall in love with the look of the property but actually fell in love with the kitchen or the lounge or the garden or the outside space then why not lead with that because that's something that you fall in love with and perhaps that initial shot that buyers will see as the external might not be the the selling feature so actually rotate the images as much as possible love that What makes a listing more appealing in general? Are there any sort of points that people always look out for? Or Yeah, look, I, I think the, the key one with this is um, if you have an overkill of images, then I actually think that can be a little bit off-putting because okay. buyers... Yeah, I think buyers can always, will always find potentially something they don't like if you give too much choice. So... Be selective over what images you use. We we actually say the optimum level is between sort of seven and nine images. Oh. Um, as far as what makes the, the listings more appealing from a visual perspective, if you have got the ability to add video content, then video content um, is key. You know, I think coming out of a, a COVID world where we saw um, video... Um, video usage increased engagement by around about 220 yeah. percent on on site then it is still a pulling pull factor i think a lot of buyers out there now actually like to have a digit the, the way we look at it is almost they have a digital walkthrough of your property so if you think about it the more content that you add inside that um that profile i'm not just talking about the images i'm talking about you know video content floor plans um you know the energy rating of the house um, and any of the key features will will help your listings perform better against you know competition pr- properties. Perfect. That will be really useful for our shared owners that are currently looking at putting their home on the market. So that's really interesting. Yes, definitely. So now I have some questions that focus more around the housing market. Are you ready okay. for these ones? Yeah, let's go for it. 
how has the market been for the first half of 2022 and how does that compare to average? Okay, so I would say it's a tale of two halves within one half. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? um, we, we've been blessed in the last two years during COVID through an absolutely buoyant market, probably a market that you couldn't have really anticipated going into COVID, you know, what seems like many years ago. Um, but actually, the market did boom. So going into this year, the market has been very strong. But then what we've seen is various factors coming into play. Um, the key one being at the moment is the increase in living costs. Um, and more recently, interest rates have gone up. You then had the start of... Um, the war in Ukraine. Now, there was a lot of um, uncertainty about how that would impact over here. Um, And actually, that was a little bit of a um, short-term doubt brought by the Ukraine situation, but other things have kicked into play. So we we saw a a great start to the year, very buoyant market. Um, Over the last couple of months, we've certainly seen a downturn in um, number of eyeballs actually looking at properties in the in the sort of UK. Okay. Um, one thing I would say though is that we are comparing a lot to the last couple of years. And actually, if you compare the market to perhaps three years ago, we're on about the the same level playing field. So I actually think we're from the data we see on the market, we still see. Um, a large percentage of our users are looking to transact within the next three months. So again, I think there's still a lot of high intent buyers in the marketplace. Um, perhaps there's not as many eyeballs, but yeah, there's still very much buyers who are looking to move um, in the next couple of months. So that that's good from a market perspective. Perfect. I guess it's really hard for any industry to do any form of like year on year comparison, isn't it? When everything during COVID was just crazy, like house buying or just shopping in general, like it just went mad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the I think, you know, going back to this time last year, um, when we would look at, you know, average, um, you know, we had some of our, our busiest months last year from a site traffic perspective so it just goes to show that you were never going to replicate that um when uh you know you've got the challenges that the market faces at the moment so yeah i think you know yeah. overall though i don't want to sound too doom and gloom about the market conditions at the moment because there are buyers out there and and we're certain certainly seeing a lot of um good quality um inquiries and reservations coming through for our for our new home developers and housing associations have you seen an increase in buyers that are looking specifically for shared ownership homes as opposed to homes on the open market? Yeah, I, I think so. Gen- generally, I think one of the one of the things that we we do find is that because there's been um, a lot more awareness about shared ownership over the last couple of years, and actually from a housing housing association perspective. Um, and a digital focus it seems that it seems that buyers out there have shared ownership um, on their minds so whereas a couple of years ago you know I've been in the industry for for quite a few years over over 10 years um, and I always thought that the problem with shared ownership was almost this understanding piece where buyers didn't really understand what it meant um, and how they would access shared ownership I think what we now see is 
um, an increase in knowledge, but yeah. also uh, a, a situation where perhaps they are being outpriced by a lot of the, the market conditions at the moment, with price points being at such a sealant. So actually shared ownership is a, is a great opportunity and that's why we're seeing a lot of interest. And actually, um, we haven't really seen a, a decline in um, interest or leads generated for our shared ownership properties over the last couple of months where perhaps you know, our new home developers might have seen that decline. So I'd say you know, from a market perspective, um, yeah, we definitely are seeing an increase in buyers looking for shared ownership properties. Yeah, well, that's very positive to hear. <laughs> Where is the most popular place to purchase a home in the southwest? Okay, so southwest is quite a it's quite a broad term to use southwest. So I think there's, you know, you can split it down into um, sort of regional parts of the southwest. Um, I would say overall in the southwest, if you looked at the biggest search um, or most popular place, you would be looking at sort of Bristol and surrounding areas. Okay. That's where we get the, the biggest concentration of searches. Um, if you take that down into sort of more Cornwall, Devon area, then we see a lot of activi- activity around sort of Truro. Um, yeah. So Truro, again, surrounding areas, but there are rural locations that also have um periods where they have heightened traffic and that might be due to seasonality effect as well um and then of course you've got if we're looking as far as dorset i would say the most popular area for dorset is is sort of bournemouth surrounding areas there um and wiltshire as you would expect swindon and there's a lot of activity going on in in swindon not just from a resale perspective but from a new homes perspective so swindon generates a a good amount of sort of traffic level um i think that's i think that's all of the southwest covered just about (laughs) well done (laughs) have you seen an increase or a decrease in first-time buyers over the last couple of years yeah we we have actually last, last couple of years i mean um last year we actually saw um first first time buyer activity double um for starter homes um wow but actually that was in the in the face of a housing boom with house prices reaching sort of a peak so um the in, the interesting thing is actually the age of first time buyers in, is still increasing um first time buyers at the moment are um you know, they start saving at around about 24 on average um, and they look to complete around about 32. So I still think, although we're seeing a lot of increased um, activity, it's still very tough for first-time buyers and the market conditions, especially where we're at now, uh, are not for, sort of favourable. So I think, you know, there are a lot of challenges and I think this is where, you know, shared ownership really comes into its own and I think there's a a massive opportunity with shared ownership um, within the market space that we're in at the moment. Do you think one of the factors that does hinder first-time buyers is the large deposits on like the open market? Yeah yeah absolutely it's the it's the the key point Um, and I think with the challenges that everyone will face at the moment with the increase in living costs yeah it's not going to be easy for anyone especially first-time buyers perhaps who are 
um, you know, just starting out their career potentially. Um, perhaps they're just come out of university. Um, they might have a little bit of debt overhanging. Um, they're trying to make their way in the world where prices are so expensive of, you know, shopping, living cost, everything that goes with that. And then to try and save a, a sizable deposit for a house is in some cases not feasible or or at least in some cases they can't save as much as they would like to mm-hmm. so it's very restricting it's very tough um and again this is why i think products that we can help out with or with shared ownership it really does give them that opportunity um to make that first step but yeah it's it's not an easy one to to go through at the moment for first time buyers yeah, no, 100%. I've got a friend, actually, who's a teacher, and she was saying that with her monthly wage, she's got more than enough to cover, like, a mortgage payment or whatever, but she will just never be able to save something like £20,000 in the next few years. She said it's just not feasible. So, yeah, people like her, shared ownership would work perfectly for with the low deposits to get her on the property ladder and stuff. Yeah, we hear, we hear a, lot, a lot about, you know, the buyer intent and first time buyers is very much to um you know get on the ladder in the next mm. few years if they can but often i think um the realistic picture is more like 5 to 10 years depending on yeah. how much they can save and also i t- we have found that mortgage lending is a lot stricter at the moment so um you know my, myself actually we've recently been through a, a remortgage and um, yeah, the amount of amount of questions we were asked about our our sort of um, our monthly spend was, you know, almost intrusive. But yeah. then mortgage, they, mortgage lenders are being a lot more protective. They won't. They don't want the sort of um, the market to go bust like it did in two thousand eight. So they're they're wary of that and they're protecting themselves. So I think that's why they're they're bringing in these stricted measures with everything that we're seeing with the. Um, your price of living costs going up so much yeah no 100% it is difficult that is all of your questions complete fabulous that's brilliant Thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today, Ollie. And thank you for sharing such insightful information today for our listeners. If you're feeling inspired to find your new home, we have some customer stories available for our listeners to see on our website. Just visit asta.co.uk forward slash life stories to watch our customer testimonials. Thank you for listening and for your support. This Shared Ownership Thing podcast is brought to you by Asta Sales. Visit asta.co.uk forward slash sales for more information.